Welcome to the Jesus Show. Not that one. Woo! Hey guys, welcome back to episode two of the Jesus Show. Not that one podcast. Guys, thank you very much for listening to the first episode. If you haven't listened to the first episode, push pause now. Go listen to the first episode and then come back and then listen to this one. Or I guess you can listen to this one and then go back and listen to the first one. You know what? You do whatever you want. Live your life. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. I had a pretty productive week. Uh, what did I do yesterday? Let's see. I'm trying to remember what I did yesterday. I did whatever it was. I was up early. I hate getting up early. Okay, so I have two German Shepherds. They're about 10 months, almost 10 months. Our one, Thanatos, he loves to wake up at like, I don't know, three in the morning and say, hey, it's time to wake up. And we try to tell him, shut the fuck up. It's three in the morning. Okay, maybe not three in the, I'm, I'm lying to you guys. It's not three in the morning. It's like five in the morning. Still, shut the fuck up and go back to bed. Our other one, Apollo, he's really good. He'll sleep forever if we let him, which is fantastic because, I mean, me and Allie love to sleep till forever, most of the time if we could. But now that we have them, we can't because, again, Thanatos, he's the asshole of the, of the two. He likes to get up, wake up super early, and every, like, two hours, he's always bugging us. Like, hey, we're going to go outside. Hey, we're going to go outside. Hey, we're going to go outside. Hey, I know you guys are not working. Fucking take me outside now. Take me outside now. Which, in our defense, we take him out, and when we do take him out, we keep them out for at least an hour. So, you know, we have them run around. We, we walk them. We do all of the things that dogs want to do. And we take them out at least, what, four, four times during the day? So we take them out a good amount of time. Now, most of the time, Apollo gives us the eyes of why the fuck are we going out again? We just went outside. I want to sleep. Can you leave me the fuck alone? We're trying to have Thanatos have more of that kind of energy. But I don't know. Some of the things I've read online have said, hey, you know, your puppies will calm down once they hit a year. And yeah, so I don't know if he'll ever just relax and, you know, stay asleep till 7 or 8 a.m., which would be fantastic. I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking for too much. Just, you know, about 8 a.m. Even, you know what, I'll even take 7.45. Hopefully we'll get there one day. Speaking of our dogs, let me tell you a, let me tell you a little story. So during the summer, we moved into these, uh, we moved into these apartments in April. It has all kinds of cool amenities. We have, you know, a gym here, which is pretty cool. We got a pool and we have a dog park. When we first moved in, it was a lot of, Oh, it'd be cool to have dogs uh, so we can enjoy the dog park. Now, the dog park was not built when we came to see the apartments. But we were told, hey, look, in this area, there's going to be a dog park. We were told, and on the map that they showed us, it said, here, it's going to be right here. So fast forward to, I want to say July. You know, it's the dog park's open. We have dogs now. We take them over there to the park to have fun with other dogs here in the apartment complex. It's really cool. 
So sometimes if we don't want to drive to take the dogs to a dog park, we can just walk right over to the dog park, which is very conveniently located here at the apartments. There's this guy. It was a Saturday about 9.45 a.m. I'm there with my dogs. This other guy shows up. He has his two dogs. I say hello. He says hello. Our dogs start playing around. This other guy's dog, one of them, starts barking. Bark, 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 bark. And, you know, he's trying to calm his dog down and, you know, hey, relax, relax, relax. You know, it's 9.45 in the morning on a Saturday at the dog park. He's trying to, you know, calm his dog down. The, the, the dog calms down and maybe about 10 minutes pass. The only thing, the only noise the dogs are making is they're running around and they're kind of nipping at each other in a playful way. So there's no barking. So all of a sudden, this lady comes by with these two little dogs and my two dogs and the other guy who's in the dog park, his two dogs, they run over to the gate and they start barking at the dogs outside of the dog park. What? The four dogs inside and the two outside. So six dogs are barking. Bar, 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 And it lasts for about, I mean, I think it lasts for about 15 seconds, but I'm going to be very generous and say it lasted between 30 and 35 seconds, right? I'm telling my dogs, yo, relax. The other guy's telling his dogs, yo, relax. The lady says, okay, have a good day. And we're like, okay, bye. So she walks away, removing her dogs from the situation of our dogs barking. So now everybody's relaxed. Oh, I forgot to tell you. The guy's wife is in the park with us as well. So we're by one of the apartments that are that are right by, because the dog park is is not in the middle it's kind of surrounded by some, some apartments. So that in itself could be annoying. But I know for a fact that the people that moved into those apartments were told, hey, this is going to be a dog park. And then the people that moved in after the dog park was built were told, see that thing over there with all that dog stuff? Yeah, okay, that's, that's a dog park. You would think that as an adult, you'd go, oh, okay, that's going to be a dog park and dogs are going to be there. So also quiet time in the apartment complex is from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. So I say that because, again, we're at the dog park on a Saturday at 9.45 a.m. Now this barking starts happening at about 10.05, 10.07. I remember because I looked at my watch that I always have on and I thought, oh, it's past 10 is what, is what, my, is what I remember. So I remember seeing my watch saying it was after if it was after 10 moments after the dog stopped barking I start walking away from my dogs and I see this guy and he comes out of he had come out of his apartment and I hear him say well I thought I heard him say you need to control your dogs to to the lady cuz the the guy who was in there, the other couple that was in there, his wife was standing by the apartment. So the guy tells her, you have to control your dogs. I hear it and I turn around and in my head, I think he, he couldn't have said, hey, you have to control your dogs. So I, I walk over and I say, yo, my man, what's the problem? And he says, you guys need to shut your dogs up. And I went, oh, uh, wh Why? And he said, because they're being too loud and they've been loud for a while. 
And I went, no, they haven't. So then I said, hey, man, I don't know if you know. And I look around, kind of giving them the, you know, like when you look around, like you're playing stupid. Uh, and I said, oh, I don't think you know. This is a dog park. So the guy immediately looks at me with daggers. And he goes, well, I didn't know that this was going to be a dog park when I moved in. And I told him, I said, well, sir, you're fucking lying. And I know for a fact you were told that this was going to be a dog park. Because when you look at the apartments, not only do the ladies up front tell you it's a dog park, but on the map they show you that this is going to be a dog park. So you're fucking lying. So I told him twice that he was fucking lying. So then he goes on to say, if you don't shut your dogs up, I'm going to call the police. So then I, I'm very confused because I, I, I hear what he said. If you don't shut your dogs up, I'm going to call the police. Now, the police should be called, I, in my opinion, for emergencies. And, I, you know, some non-emergencies, I guess. Dogs barking at a dog park is not an emergency and it's not a non-emergency, especially when it's not quiet hours. I was very confused. So I told him, well, at this point, I think, okay, this guy's beyond stupid and I can't have a rational conversation with somebody who is just that, that dumb. So I chuckled and I looked at him and I said, well, sir, if you feel like you need to call the police because our dogs are barking in the dog park, you go right on ahead, my man. So I start walking away because... At that point, I don't want to talk to the guy anymore. It's just, it's done. He's, he clearly has, you know, that in his head that that's a problem, which is not. So I start walking away and then he tells the wife of the other guy, you're a bad dog owner because you can't control your dogs from barking. I got a little irritated. So I turn around and I said, yo, my man, you have two options. Either shut the fuck up and go inside or go call the fucking cops already because this is stupid. Either you're going to keep talking about it or you're going to do something about it. Then again, I walked away and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So I tell Allie and Allie goes, you know, did you get, did you get really angry with him? Because when I was much younger, I would get really angry about things and I kind of go off on some people for stupid shit. I don't do that anymore. Now I'm a lot more calm and I try to express myself as best I can. So, I mean, I didn't, yeah, I called him a fucking liar, but I mean, I, I felt that that was, that was okay because that's what I felt. I didn't, you know, keep badgering him. I just said, yeah, you're a fucking liar. And I know you're a fucking liar. Cause again, I knew he was fucking lying and you know, we're adults and I think I can swear a little bit. Right. So fast forward to a couple weeks or no, not even a couple weeks that night we went back to the dog park around I think 5 or 6 p.m. We're there. The dogs are playing. The dogs are barking off and on. Now, we try to not have our dogs bark at each other the whole time we're at the fucking dog park because that's annoying even for us and we're there with them. So we we do our best, especially Apollo. He, he'll bark at Thanatos a lot. So every time, you know, he'll start with, hey, stop, stop, stop. So it wasn't that bad. A cop rolls up. And I look and I think, oh, did these guys call the cops? Like, for real? And I remember I waved at the cop. The cop waved back at me. He slowly rolled by the dog park. 
he parked out of view. He was there. I did I didn't see him parking out of view. I just thought he rolled by. Somebody else that was at the dog park, they said, Oh yeah, he sat over there behind the apartment for about five minutes. If you're on the on one end of the dog park, you can see him. Where I was standing, I couldn't see him. So they said, yeah, he was only there for about five minutes and then he took off. And then I thought, yeah, because I'm sure he went, oh, there's a dog park where dogs are at and they're playing and barking and it's not late at night. What the fuck do you want me to do about it? Those people about, what, a week ago now, they moved out of that apartment. They got relocated to a different apartment here in the complex because I guess they don't, they don't like dogs. They don't want to deal with dogs. The funny thing to me is now they have a dog living upstairs from their apartment and to their right. So now they have two dogs that they're constantly hearing. And apparently those two dogs yap a whole lot. So instead of having some sort, and I understand living right across from a dog park, I'm sure that's annoying to have to deal with it maybe for a total of 15 minutes a day. You know, you can drown it out by turning up the volume of, you know, your TV or listening to music. You can do something. But now these two dogs are constantly barking and I'm sure they're annoying him, which I think is kind of karma because it's, hey, man, this wasn't a problem. You made it a problem and now you really have a problem. And I tell you this whole story because now the people that live in that apartment that they vacated... Allie was at the dog park a couple days ago and, you know, dogs are barking like they do because they're dogs. They're barking, they're playing, and this woman comes out. Allie said she's probably early 30s. So it's not like she's, you know, like some older person that like, oh, you, you, you damn dogs, shut them up. Uh, she comes out apparently crying and she's yelling, I can't believe. You guys don't shut your dogs up. You need you need to leave the dog park now. I didn't know that this was going to be a dog park when I moved in. And Allie goes, well, I know you're lying. I don't think she said fucking lying. But she goes, mm, I know you're lying because I know you were told. We were there last night again. And the boyfriend was looking out of the window. Very creepyish, Very like rapey vibes. Looking at us through the window. And all I did was I thought, yeah, man, we're here at the dog park, you know, where dogs are supposed to be. Just oh, people are stupid, guys. So I wanted to share that little story because it happened and I wanted to share. So there you go. Guys, something else I want to share with you that I think is very important is I'm a very handy man. Like I can fix almost anything around the house. Now, if you talk to Allie, she'll say that's a lie. She'll even, she'll go even as far as lying to you and say, I usually do all the, all the handiwork around here. False. That is incorrect. That is so untrue. I don't want you to listen to her lies. I'm the one that does handyman stuff. Anyways. So speaking of that, I did one of the manliest things you can do today. It was, not only was it dope, but it was very rewarding. So we moved out of California. We moved to Nevada. I finally was able to get into the DMV and I got my new plates and 
I changed our California plates to the Nevada plates. So I pretty much unscrewed two, four, six, eight, eight screws. And I screwed in those same eight screws. So now we are compliant with Nevada law having Nevada state license plates. And I was the one that did it. So I know, I know, I know I, I, I can almost hear you clapping and cheering for me. And I appreciate that because sometimes my work around the house does not go appreciate or it doesn't get, it doesn't go on an appreciate. No, it doesn't. It, I don't get any recognition is what I'm trying to say. So thank you guys for giving me the recognition that uh, I deserve. Thank you very much. In my last episode, I gave you guys a couple hints on who I was going to have on today as my guest. Did anybody figure it out? Do you need more clues? Now, don't read the description of the show because then you lost and you don't get anything. So, And if you haven't read it, and you have figured it out, what you get is you you knew who I was going to have. And congratulations to you. You get a personal congratulations from me to you. Watch. Ready? Congratulations. Insert your name. You won. Good job. Again, you didn't win anything. But anyways, let's get back to it. He is a three-time MLS champion with the LA Galaxy. He got traded to the Houston Dynamo and just finished his 2020 season with Inter-Miami. I'm talking about the one, the only, A.J. De La Garza and his fantastic, strong, funny wife, Megan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we're back with A.J. and Megan. Thanks, guys, for joining me for today's episode. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. All right, first things first. Uh... How did we meet? Oh, man. <laughs> do you remember the story? I think I do. It was back in like 2014. And uh, I think you had posted a photo. You were a, you were a Galaxy fan. Yeah. Uh, at the time. And um, I saw you posted a photo, I think, at one of my favorite uh, little breweries down in Redondo Beach. And that's right down the street from me. And I think I reached out to, to you and... Uh, I think we met there for a beer with, I think it was you, Ali, and me. Yeah, yeah. That day, I don't rem- I don't know if you remember, but that day I finished my last round of uh, radiation. And then I was I was all excited. I was like, oh, cool. I just finished this. And now I get to go meet AJ De La Garza. And to be honest with you, I only thought it was going to be that like one time. And that was it. That's yeah. what I thought it was going to be. Uh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. That was your... I know that's where you came from. Yeah. Uh, we went from my radiology appointment. You know, we went home first and then we ended up going that way. Um, do you remember I only had the stash? I don't remember nothing from the... <laughs> I remember that one beer we used to drink because you you sent it to me the other day. <laughs> yeah. It's half Lindemann's, half Hogarden. It's delicious. Fantastic. So that's how... That's how me, AJ, and Allie met. And then I want to say maybe a week later, that's when we met Megan. Yeah. We went to Abigail's. I'm sure it was something along the lines. Like I met these cool people and we should all hang out. Uh, 
So that's probably how it went because I do that quite often. <laughs> yeah. You said I made new friends on Instagram. Let's go meet them. <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> and it's crazy because I still do that now. I meet, go out, I meet people I'm talkative. So yeah, I'll come back and be like, Megan, I met the neighbor down the street and uh, they're going to come over for dinner later. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. It makes all the friends. <laughs> Well, I remember when Megan, when we first met you, when we went out to drink or when we went out to eat, I think I kept kind of pushing. I was like, oh, hey, we should all have a drink. And you were like, eh. And I was like, oh, come on, you should have a drink. And you were like, mm. I was like, come on. And you go, mm, well, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Don't, don't, don't do that. I'm sorry. I was very newly pregnant then, too. Yes. I remember that because I, I think I remember AJ telling us you guys had to cancel a couple of times because you weren't feeling, you weren't feeling too good. Yeah. And he, he told me a couple of times like, Hey man, it's not that I don't want to hang out. I was like, no man, I just think, I just think you're busy. Like, you know, that's life gets in the way. No, you for sure thought I thought you were weird or something. Well, okay. Yeah. Now, now, now being your friend and being years later, yes, I can honestly say, I was like, ah, oh, maybe he just thinks I'm weird. Then I was like, tone it down. You got to tone it down, man. Every time you would tell I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. Hey, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried. That was the year that you guys found out that you were pregnant with your first baby, Luca. And, um, in my artwork of the show, it shows that I have two tattoos, my fighter tattoo and my Luca tattoo. And Luca is, I mean, I know he's very important to you guys, but he's also important to me because when, you know, like I just said, in meeting Megan, that's when everything with Luca started. Um, I want to ask you guys, how, how did it feel? How did it feel knowing that you guys were pregnant in the, in the first place? I mean, we've been together, we were together for so long, like we've been married for a couple of years. Everybody always asked when we were going to have kids. So finally, when I was pregnant, it was like, oh gosh, it's really happening. Yeah. Well, I think when we first got married, we wanted to take it slow and enjoy the first couple of years of marriage. And um, we did that. And the time we were ready to have a baby, we, we thought it would take a while. So she stopped taking birth control and the next month she was pregnant. So, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Expected to happen that fast. Yeah. Uh, I was hearing all of our friends or families that, that were, that have had babies and said how difficult it was. So, uh, I think we were excited and, um, and for a, a real journey. Yeah. So, I remember, I remember in the summer, I think I asked you, I think I sent you a text. I was like, hey, me and Allie are out having a couple of drinks. You guys should come meet us. And I remember getting a text back from you and said, you said, no, I don't, I don't feel up to it because we just got some news today about Luca. And that's when, I believe that's when you guys found out he had HLHS, correct? Yeah. What went, what went through your mind when you found out or when you got that news? Uh I think early on we didn't even know what it what it meant really because um, I think the first doctor's appointment we were at 20, 20 weeks pregnant and 
um, they said he had a heart problem, but they didn't know what, and we would have to go see um, a specialist. Uh, they referred us to doctors at UCLA, and then our team uh, at the Galaxy at the time uh, sent us to Children's Hospital. So you know, we saw quite a few doctors, and you know, the thing that stuck out to me was um, the very first meetings where they asked us if we want to terminate the pregnancy. So. You know, that's when I kind of felt like something was was serious, um, yeah. and you know that's kind of when it hit um, hit the hardest, I think. And I think after the, that appointment, uh, when we got asked if we wanted to terminate, that's when I went and got the Lucanos heart tattoo on my wrist, and uh, just something to to remind myself to 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 keep the faith and and um, uh, just believe that that he would come out and be okay. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, that wasn't the case, but. Yeah, uh, I, I try to live every day by that. Now, did you guys like? Did terminating the pregnancy ever come into your mind? I would say for me, no. Um, that just wasn't an option because we were already so far into the pregnancy. Like, I could feel him move, and we had a yeah. name to for him, and we started planning his nursery and just like all these hopes and dreams. Right. So it's not even the prospect of losing your baby. It's like the prospect of losing like this entire future yeah. you've come up with in your head that you're expecting. Um, so, you know, for me, that just, that's just not even something I could even like even stomach thinking about doing at the time. Yeah. yeah I don't think it was an option either. And I remember, the doctor saying, you know, I'm sorry, I have to ask this, but I have to ask this. And, yeah. Uh, they're like, I only ask it one time. And, you know, again, at that point we were 20 weeks and uh, maybe even further now that we were at seeing the specialist, but like she said, we already had names and clothes and a crib and, and all that kind of stuff set up. And um, yeah, we were just going to do whatever we could to, to have him with us. So, yeah. And then the day, I believe the day before Megan, you gave uh, you gave birth to Luca. AJ, you played against I want to say DC United, correct? Yeah. I remember seeing. Now at this point, we're still fairly new in our friendship, and I remember seeing an interview with you and the and the tall girl. What's her name? Kelly Tennant. That one. Yeah, Kelly yeah. Tennant. I remember you started talking. She started asking you about Luca, and you kind of got choked up. And it made me get choked up. And I thought, "Fuck, man, I don't even like I don't know you that well." But like, man, he he got me. Going into the game, you know, obviously you're focusing on the game, but do you feel at all that your mind was kind of somewhere else, or were you at that point focusing on the game? Uh, I think that whole year was focusing on practice when I was there on games when I was there. Cause that was really my safe space. I think to, to have an hour or 90 minutes to go uh, enjoy what I was doing yeah. uh, because life outside of soccer at that time was tough. Cause you know, you're getting bad news after bad news and uh, wondering if your son's going to die, if you're going to be able to bring him home, um, you have to try to to plan these surgeries and, and all this stuff that was going on. And 
you know, when you're inside those lines, your mind just kind of focuses about that. Not that I don't think about them during that, but uh, I think that was probably the, the best year I've had in my career, just because I was so focused and um, didn't want to make a mistake and somebody blame it on, you know, or well, he's going through things off the field. And um, so, so that's why I, I just try to stay laser focused. Yeah. And Megan, what kind of feelings were you, were you having the night before the or before giving birth to Luca? Well, I remember that game was really special um, because the team had made the Luca knows heart shirts for the players to wear. Mm -hmm. I think in warmups, you guys are like, that was like a special thing they allowed during the warmups. So I thought that was really cool. And, you know, like we had my family in town and it was obviously going to be a big day the next day, but um that game, even for me, that was, that was just really special that, you know, they did all that. I remember people were chanting Luca in the stands and we had sold Luca those heart shirts and the team had made them. And um, I knew it was going to be a big day. I mean, obviously I was nervous, but like at the game, it was, it was actually kind of cool to have the game the night before kind yeah. of took my mind off of what all was going to happen the next day. Yeah. And then, so we're 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 at the morning of where you're you're about to give birth you give birth what what happened what happened next luca comes out what happened next um he comes out and there's probably like 20 doctors and nurses there waiting for him a whole transport team they got him cleaned off in the little transport bed and took him away right out of the operating room he was over there. He was having heart surgery 14 minutes after he was born. Were you able, were you able to see him at all before he left? Um, they didn't, you know, so I had a C-section. So a lot of times I'll like hold him over the curtain or sometimes in the operating room, you can have him on your chest. But the only time I saw him was when they got him in this little transport bed mm -hmm. and wheeled him past my head as he was going out. I caught a glimpse of him in that bed, but Beyond that, I hadn't seen him. The first time I really saw him was when AJ took a picture after he came out of surgery. Later oh, wow. Okay. Um, I saw a picture of him. I think it all happened so fast, obviously, because the quicker he's transported and, and has his heart surgery, the, the better it is for him. Mm -hmm. And so I remember getting in the ambulance to literally go across the sidewalk to from the hospital to Children's Hospital where he was going to have surgery. And there was a nurse who obviously had no idea, but uh, I'm in the ambulance in the front seat and she's walking across the street. Just in my mind, she was, you know, as slow as a turtle when uh, literally every second mattered at that point. And uh, I kind of remember yelling, not at her, but just yelling like, let's go, like move it. <laughs> like yeah. we, we had to uh, get there as fast as we could. So um, that was a, the severity of, it, of how, fast they wanted to move him and, and have yeah. this surgery yeah how many surgeries did he have total i think technically it was three um he had one right after he was born and then he had one that was planned it was, it was supposed to happen a couple days after he was born but he ended up um coding and his heart crashed so they ended up doing like a hybrid version of that surgery mm -hmm. that the second one and then um he was on the ECMO circuit for a week. And when they went to take him off, I think that was technically like the third surgery. 
because when they went to take him off, they were supposed to complete whatever that first part was and the um, second surgery he had. So I think in total it was three and he died in the third, during the third surgery. Okay. So he passed during one of the surgeries. He, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought he had the last one and then I don't know, maybe a day or two. During surgery and um, the suites in the cardiac ICU at Children's Hospital are really cool. They turn into operating rooms. So they mm -hmm. did they did a surgery right there. So um, oh, wow. and I were able to wait outside the door. So they knew there was a good likelihood that he may not make it. And they knew that we wanted to be in there with him, if not. So they were doing the surgery in there and then they came out and told us, you know, he wasn't going to make it. So um, they took us in there and I was able to hold him um, before he passed away. But yeah, it was technically during that surgery that it happened. Okay. Yeah. I remember... I remember seeing the picture that Megan, you posted uh, on, on Instagram of you holding Luca. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I thought, you, 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 you know, when people say, oh, I know what you're going through mm -hmm. or they say, oh yeah, I've gone through this. And it's kind of like at that, like when I, when I, when I saw the picture, when you posted, I thought to myself, I don't, I, I can't even fathom anything close to that. Yeah. Um, and then AJ, when you posted the picture of his foot, same thing. I, I, I remember telling Allie, I was doing laundry and I was in the car and then, you know, I saw that and found out that he passed away. And I told, I said, I can't even. Like I wanted to reach out to you guys and 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 say something, but nothing came to mind other than sorry. And that I didn't feel was didn't even you know gr grasp the severity of what you guys had just gone through. And then the fact that you know it's fresh and I don't want to, not that you need me to remind you, but for me to be like, hey man, sorry you lost your kid. Like oh yeah, thanks for reminding me again. What at that point? What what went through your mind? Uh, I don't know. There's just too many emotions. You know, the ones that you know you can't even believe you're in a situation, and uh, you know you, you just honestly you're hoping it was a dream, and you're gonna wake up, but you know it's not a dream, and um, this is real life. And um, I just remember walking into the room and. Uh, they put Luca in Megan's arms and she started singing, singing, Jesus loves me. And he opened up his eyes for a couple seconds and he realized uh, his mommy's voice and uh, kind of slowly shut them after that. And yeah, you know, that was the, the last time we got to see his eyes open. So um, yeah, not too many words can explain that, that time. Yeah. And I think it's more of, I don't know. I think some people would want to know exactly what you're thinking, what your, you know, what your thought process is. But I also think that sometimes things like that are better left up to you guys keeping it to yourselves because it's, you know, things like that. I, I don't necessarily think that, Oh, you should share your whole feeling. Cause that's something personal to you guys. Does that make sense? No, I get that, but not like I'm I'm not saying like don't share anything. I'm just saying, you know, like if somebody goes, Oh, what exactly went through your mind? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. There's just so much going through my mind I can't even remember. Yeah. I, I think that or 
you really have no feelings at that point because you're just kind of numb and yeah i remember feeling like time was standing still when it happened like kind of looking around and everything was kind of buzzing in the room the nurses were doing what they had to do and stuff and i just was sitting there like the world is happening around me like this is really happening and I just felt like a piece stuck in a place of things that were moving. And I was just like stuck. Yeah. There's no feeling. So you guys started the, there's a Luca Knows Heart Foundation, correct? Mm. Uh, we have like a foundation set up. Um, it's, we're working on getting the tax stuff so we can be like an official foundation. Mm-hmm. So um, all the money that we raised, we funneled through to other like 501c3s like Ronald McDonald House or we did the Heart Institute at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, more or less, yeah. Now, why did, why did you guys want to do something like that after Luca passed? Well, for me as a mother, I don't ever want my dead child to be forgotten and so i wanted to do anything that will you know keep people remembering his name Mm -hmm. um so that was important to me um to continue to talk about him and have people know about him you guys have the luca knows heart shop which i'm wearing one of the sweatshirts thank you very much i have the hats i even wore the bracelet today the retro bracelet um I'll put, uh, I was going to ask you guys if I can put the link in my bio so people know to go, you know, where they can go to, to support and, you know, buy some stuff. If you guys are okay with that, obviously. Yeah, of course. For me personally, when Luca passed away, again, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. And then I remember AJ, when you got, Lucas tattoo did you like how how did you come up with 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 the concept of the tattoo I, I know I wanted something to do with the heart and then uh, like I said earlier I want to remind myself to stay positive to keep faith uh, that everything was going to be okay so uh, just came up with a heart and a cross and uh, it's on the left side of, of the heart uh, for me and obviously because he had hypoplastic left heart syndrome. So um, that's just how it came. And it was a spur of the moment thing. And uh, I think it became bigger than just me too. There's uh, most of our family have it, our friends, uh, Galaxy fans have it. So uh, everyone was a part of this journey with us, um, you know, during the time of pregnancy and the week that he was born and then uh, the year since then too. I remember, I think it was, I don't remember exactly when it could have been your first home game back with a galaxy. And I believe in the 20th minute, the whole stadium started chanting Luca's name. Uh, I thought that was really cool that they did. And they had the, they had the banner. I think what was it on the, on the South side of the stadium? I think heart with the nose love. Yeah. And it stayed there for, I believe the rest of the season. Yeah. I remember they did the, uh, the thing in the stadium, uh, the day, I think it was the day after he passed away, we had a home game. So I wasn't there, but I was watching at home. Um, 
And I think in the 20th minute, everyone just stood up and was clapping and uh, kind of like a, I don't know, <laughs> I, I, I want to say a moment of silence, yeah. but it was, you know, everyone clapping. Uh, yeah. Same minute, um, you know, during the duration of a minute. And it was really odd because I remember Todd Donovan was hurt during that minute. So he was down on the ground <laughs> and people were clapping. So uh, people were probably like, if you didn't know, you were probably like, what's, what are they clapping for? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think I remember, uh, the teams that played had the, had Luca's armband on. Yeah. I remember a lot, which of I thought was, was pretty cool to see not only the galaxy do it, but other teams in the league show support enough to do it, which I thought, you know, I thought it was pretty cool as a fan to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I have pictures of, you know, Thierry Henry wearing uh, a Luca armband and uh, his name up uh, at Gillette Stadium. Um, yeah. So, you know, some pretty cool moments. Yeah, I remember watching all those at, when we were in Maryland um, after his funeral, when we were there for his funeral, all the games that week. That was really, I mean, as a fan, that's cool. But like as a mother, that's really, that was really special. Yeah. And then I, believe it was i think it was 2017 i don't know sometime after it was a couple years after i asked you i remember asking you guys uh if i could get lucas tattoo so i have mine wow it's been that long since you got it i think so it's crazy and i remember i remember you guys saying yes and it was something that i didn't want to I didn't feel comfortable just getting it, even though I don't think you guys would have gotten mad if I did. No. Uh, but I felt the way I wanted to do it was I wanted to ask you guys and then get your approval. And then I thought it was a cool gift that, AJ, you actually took me to the tattoo shop and then, you know, you're like, here as a gift. And I was like, oh, thanks. Because my birthday's in January. So it just, happened to coincide that you know before because then you got traded to houston yeah. uh before you left you were able to take me to get the tattoo and that meant a lot you know that's i only have two tattoos and that's you know that's my one that's my first one i'll never forget it and uh it's very it's very special to me yeah i think i took you to the the same guy who did yeah. mine as well so i think it was eric yeah. yeah, the guy with the head tattoo. Yeah, Hollywood stars tattoo. Yeah. The people over there, they did mine too. And Allie keeps saying she it. wants it, but I don't I don't know. I think she's kind of too chicken shit to do it. I don't know. I told her one time I'll just poke her with a bunch of needles to simulate it, but I don't think it's the same thing. I don't know. Just put nothing on the end of it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put any ink on it. Uh, thank you for opening up about Luca and sharing that uh, because again, that's very important to me. Every, every, anytime somebody sees my tattoo, they go, Oh, that's a cool tattoo. And I, and I say, thank you. That in my bracelet that I wear, my uh, Luca bracelet. Go, oh, that's, that's really cool. Does it mean anything? And it's nice for me because it gives me an opportunity to talk about him. So I know, Megan, you said that you don't want people to forget Luca. And I feel 
I have a opportunity almost daily to not only remember him, but to speak about him, which makes, makes me feel good. Cause you know, I feel like I'm doing a little, a little, a little part in something, you know, no, we appreciate it. I always say like talking about someone's child who's died is not a reminder that they're dead or they're not here. It's actually a reminder that they lived. And, you know, to me as a mom and maybe even to as a dad, that's a great gift. Um, so yeah, keep talking about them. Thank you. I like that. Yeah, of course. I'll, I will always talk about them. I think the sharing of the tattoo stories is one way. And then obviously we have a few friends who have used Luca um, in their kids' names since then and, and have asked us if we're okay with that. And, uh, you know, Hector Jimenez is one of my, my best friends. Um, middle Just had his first kid and the, his middle name is Luca. And, you know, he asked me and uh, he said, so when people ask you know, how I came up with name, uh, I can tell your story. So uh, that means a lot. So oh, That's really cool, man. All right. See, I made it through without crying. Well, a little bit, but we did it. That was good. Um, okay. Now I want to pivot into some soccer talk. For the, You started playing for the LA Galaxy in 2009, correct? Yeah. And then you were there for, what, nine seasons? Eight. When you found how did when you found out you got traded, how did you find out how did you find out and what did it what did that make you feel like what did you have any sort of emotions or were you like okay cool I'm going off to another team? Well, I remember at the time um, not being used uh, as much as I um, thought I could have that year. You know, I I still played twenty something games, but uh, when it came down to the playoffs, where you know, I felt like that's where I played my best was when um, things were uh, a little bit of higher risk. Um, that's when I wanted to be playing. I wasn't. So, you know, I'd, I'd asked uh, if I could be traded to a team of my choice, kind of. So they, they'd done it for other guys and um, before that. And, you know, having been there for, for eight years, you know, I figured um, – this will be my opportunity to honestly, I want to go home to DC and um, be closer to family at that point um, yeah. just because I had kids and um, be, be by your family. There's nothing like that, of course, but uh, you know, they, it was the way things went down that um, I think left a, a bad taste in my mouth in the beginning. Um, yes. I asked for a trade, um, but they told me, no, we're not trading you. Um, and so at that point I was like, all right, fine. Like I'll, I'll do whatever I can. Obviously I'll compete, um, every day and, and, um, get back on the field however I can. And if not, still be a good teammate. So, you know, I had just left the stadium, uh, for an off season workout and I didn't even think about it, but it was the day of the MLS draft. And that's when things kind of happened. Players get traded for draft picks, money, whatever. But I didn't think about it. I remember going home. I stopped at my favorite taco spot, literally put the tacos on the kitchen table, opened the thing up, and just pulled my phone out just in case um, somebody called. Megan wasn't home. So in case she called, she was out with Noel. Um, and then I had a missed call from the Galaxy's GM. And then I had a text. It said, call me when you get a chance. So I just remember calling him really quick. 
and him telling me, you know, he's like, look, we traded you to Houston. Thank you for everything. And um, the only thing that came out of my mouth was like, okay, thanks. And that was it. And I think that was the same day as your birthday party. <laughs> so it was, um, that's, that's the only reason why I remember. So we were supposed to go to a birthday dinner with you, but you know, I, I was just kind of in shock um, that whole day. And yeah. just obviously that was the first time that's ever happened to me in my life and my career um, just to be shipped off. And I know it's a, a business now at this point, but uh, when you, when I was at that age, you know, I, I never expected that to happen like that. And uh, for all I, I'd done for the galaxy up until that point, you know, I thought they would honor my request and, and getting to where, you know, I wanted to go since they'd done it for other players. And yeah, um, it just didn't go down like that. So um, that's why for a little bit, I, I had a bad taste in my mouth. I'm not gonna lie. And I think anybody would um, when you, you feel kind of blindsided. So yeah, I remember when we go into your birthday party and I said, Megan by herself. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember when we, it was in December, you, Noel, Allie and myself were on our way to Disneyland. And we stopped off at the stadium because you said you were going to go talk to Pete or the GM. And I remember when you told me, eh, yeah, I think I want to get traded. And I was like, man, you're crazy. Don't do that. Like sure. I was, I was thinking selfishly about me because I didn't want you guys to leave. Cause I thought, well, if you leave, like then I'm probably not going to see you. That sucks. So I definitely was thinking about me, not about you guys. Cause I was like, if you guys leave, we can't go to, you know, Izakaya, we can't go to Abigail's. We can't like the stuff that we do, like, come on, man. Disney and I remember World. you came back, huh? I said in Disney world. And right. But then you came back into the car and you go, Hey, they're not going to trade me. And then when you sent me the text on my birthday, Hey man, I just got traded. Just want to let you know. I went, I think I was at the bank and I went, what the fuck? And there's some people in line. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose to, you know, just say it out loud. Just reading it, it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Then I thought, well, we're flight attendants. If you're going to Houston, like, I'll just follow you. <laughs> and at first, to be honest with you, at first I thought it was kind of jokey. Like, yeah, we'll go visit you guys in Houston. But you know when people say like, oh, I'll visit you, but then that never happens. Never come to visit you. Yeah, then it turned into like we were there, what, every other month? Let's not forget the part where you drove my dog there. That was that was fun. I remember driving Diesel from L.A. to Houston. Uh, most of the time he was just sitting right in the front seat with me. <laughs> which I think was hilarious. I think Megan, I think you told me if you put the center console up, he won't jump over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He snuggled his way on the other side. Yeah. The, on the driver's side where oh, there's there. the least amount of room, he snuck in there and he just, he was just hanging out there. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I felt, and then, you know, I was making stupid videos on the way there. So no, that was great. That helped, that helped pass the time. So once you're in, Houston, you know, you have, you, you have your first season down. How did you feel going from playing for, with the LA Galaxy to Houston? Or was it just kind of a smooth transition where it's 
you know, I'm a professional. I'm going to go do the same job I was doing it in, in LA. Yeah. I think it was kind of that because look at the same time I had wanted a trade, maybe not to Houston yeah. or uh, any team in the Western conference, because in reality, I just didn't want to play uh, the galaxy multiple times a year. Um, for good reason, because that's probably when I had my worst games against them was uh, going there or seeing them here. Just it was just weird just seeing all your friends uh, on the other side of the field. Um, so, you know, that was one reason I, I didn't want to stay in the Western Conference. Um, but yeah, it was business as usual, I think. And uh, I think my first year in Houston, uh, I missed, I think, only two games. Uh, I had, a, I think, a career high in assists and um, the team was doing well. I think we finished fourth in the Western conference and yeah, you guys made it to the playoffs. Yeah. We're going to the playoffs after, you know, they had a four year drought came in last place a couple years in a row before that. So, um, you know, we had a, a team that was clicking, you know, defensively and offensively and uh, brought in a, a lot of new guys. So, um, you know, I was happy to be a part of that. And then, you know, unfortunately the last game of the regular season, you know, tearing my ACL, and uh, missing out on the playoffs that year. And, um, you know, we went to the, the Western Conference Finals that year and uh, you know, a game away from, you know, being in another MLS Cup. So, yeah. But, but that first year, I think it was a, a good year until obviously the, the last game of the season. I think that was the year we started calling you Chef AJ because <laughs> you were dishing out assists like nothing. I was like, dang. <laughs> you might have been the only one calling me that then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think me, Megan, and Allie were calling you that. I think we, the the three of us, were the only ones. But you know. <laughs> oh, Megan. Yes. How did you feel going from LA to Houston? Well, I was just as surprised as AJ was. I picked Noel up from school. He called and asked if I wanted anything from the taco shop. I said, "No, we'll be home in a little bit." And I walked in, and you could just see on his face, like, "What is the matter?" That's not how that happened, by the way. It's not. You called me. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're getting the truth right here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'd already had my tacos. So I, I don't think I asked you if you want anything because I don't think you ever wanted anything from that taco shop. But I remember calling you and saying, where are you? And you saying, I just picked up Noel. And I was like, I'll talk to you when you get home. All right. I stand corrected. I think that <laughs> there is we go. Clearing things up on the podcast. All right. Yeah, she was like, uh, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, I'll just talk to you when you get home. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure he had that tone of, oh, there's something wrong. Okay, well, yeah. That's not what I was expecting, though. Yeah. When I got home. Now, when you guys got to Houston, how? I mean, I know there's differences because in LA, you know, you guys were by the beach, which is fantastic. And then in Houston, I mean, the beach is... Oh. Not as nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it, right? I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not LA. Yeah. It's not is as it, blue. Is it even a beach? Isn't the golf? No, I mean, technically stay in the water. Yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, it didn't do much. <laughs> I don't think I remember when we went down there. I only went there one time. Yeah. That was that was kind of fun though. Yeah, you were there the one time actually. <laughs> oh, that was the only time? Yeah, well, yeah. we went to the pier, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Pier. Yeah. Yeah. So how? So, daily life 
from LA to Houston, was it that much different? I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, when I first, when I got the job as a flight attendant going from LA and then moving to Houston, I thought I was going to see a lot of cows and bulls and people with, you know, hats on and be like, howdy partner. To be honest with you, my first like three months when I would see somebody, like when we'd be at a bar, I'd be like, hey, howdy. It would just look at me like, what, what, what's wrong with you? I was like, I, I, that's not how you guys talk out here. I used to laugh because we passed cows on the way to Noel's school every morning. <laughs> nice. Very Texan. Yeah, I think it was just different in the sense, um, first of all, there was more greenery. So yeah. There was grass and land and, uh, you know, we moved to a development that was still being built. So, um, and obviously everything in LA, you're literally on top of each other. We live yeah. in a house um, in the back unit. So there was, you know, two people in front of us. And uh, now we had a single family home that was a third of the cost of a townhouse. So, and much bigger. Yeah. And yeah. bigger. And we had a yard and, and, and kind of the neighborhood feel and you know, lived on a cul-de-sac. So it, it was, it was a good change. And I think we, I think we really enjoyed um, our time in Pearland, Texas, uh, right yeah. outside of Houston. And, um, all of the neighbors and stuff just to, to have a little bit more land and um, save a little bit more money at that point. Yeah, definitely good for family life. I remember when we first went to visit, well, when we first got there, when you guys were moving in, like you said, it was a new development. And then I feel like every, you know, however often we were there, which seemed like a lot, and thank you for that, by the way, that you let us crash all the time. <laughs> but it felt like every time we would come in, it was, oh, look, there's another house. And oh, look, there's another section. And yeah. oh, look, there's more houses. Like, oh, that's crazy. It was kind of it was kind of cool to see that, you know, starting and then the way it built up, you know, right before you guys left. I will have to say one of my favorite things about that house was the water slides. Yeah. even though we only use it like twice because they close it for most of the year which i thought was kind of I I, open for like three months out of the year in houston yeah crazy. it's it doesn't make sense so then you move to miami how is it playing for an expansion team is it any different uh yeah i think it's different because everyone's trying to figure everyone out so that move, that move to Houston, it was, um, it was a new year for a lot of guys on that team, but for the, for the most part, it was well, 15 of the guys that have already been there. So they knew each other. And, um, here it's pretty much, you, you might have played with one other guy, two other guys, maybe in your career, uh, but you know, some guys just being in MLS and then, uh, you know, bringing in guys from you know South America and all, you have to kind of figure things out quick. And I think they had a team before they had a coach. And um, obviously when a coach came, it was a couple of weeks before preseason. And um, of course, any coach is gonna want his own players. So um, it, it was a, a tough year. I, I think it, it was a learning for every, a, a lot of people and, and trying to be adaptable and uh, trying to adjust to, to the times of um, obviously being an expansion team, trying to figure everyone out, trying to 
figure out the coach, trying to figure out a game plan, and then a pandemic happening to uh, not seeing anybody for four months. Yeah. To, um, to then having a, two weeks to train to go into a tournament uh, in Orlando and leaving your family to, you know, then coming home and uh, everything kind of being up in the air about the season. So uh, well, it was a tough year for an, it's always a tough year for an expansion team, but then you add in uh, all the different elements that 2020 has brought in and it's um, some teams handle it better than others. And um, like Nashville, they, they handled it well. And um, for some reason we, we just weren't able to click and uh, really had the year. I, I think everyone thought we should have had. Yeah. And Megan, what was, I mean, I know there was a lot thrown on you because you know, AJ's gone in the bubble and then now you have the girls at home by yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's just my job at this point in life right now is to keep things stable at home. Let AJ do what he needs to do. And, you know, and I mean, seeing, seeing it firsthand from me, you do a fantastic job. If I may say. <laughs> I have a lot of help from my friends, Allie and Jesse. Oh, do you, <laughs> you know, I will say, what I do miss about this move is not being able to see you guys as often, but mostly I know I love you, Megan. I love you, AJ, but I wanted to play with the girls more because <laughs> in Houston, I got to play with Noel almost all the time and take her to the park. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, cool. I'll get to do that with Noel and Alexi now. And then, you know, the whole pandemic thing happened and that put a wrench in the plan, but yeah, I think 2020 was obviously shocking for everyone, but yeah, uh, I think for us, we had, and I think everyone who came to this team had really high hopes of one year on a expansion team that's in Miami. And you look at the facilities and the fans that were already uh, in place. Um, we all had high hopes and it, it just uh, unfortunately didn't pan out. Yeah. So, the way we all wanted it to. That's a good segue into the next question I want to ask you. Sure. So where are you, uh, where are you playing next year? <laughs> or this year, I, sh I should say. Yeah, it's 2021 now, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, I'm going back with Bruce Arena and um, going to New England. So. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm acting surprised even though I already know. But oh, why, are you? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're we're excited. Um, well, you guys will be a lot closer to family now. Yeah, that's uh, we're not. Ex I don't know if we excited or not excited about the cold weather, uh, but we have no cold gear, so we need all of that stuff. And we told Noelle it snows there, so you know she's happy now too. So, well, now okay. she can put her Elsa dress on and go outside and pretend that you know she made the snow. That'd be kind of cool. We'll tell her that too. Yeah. <laughs> she won't miss her friends as much. <laughs> you know, I told Ali, I said, you know, it seems like little by little, they're testing us to see how far we'll travel for them. <laughs> but just know, like I've said before, you guys may be a lot further now, but again, one of the joys of our job is we can fly anywhere. So just make sure you have a spare room and we'll be there. Trying. Got it. So why did you choose the New England Revolution? 
Yeah, I was a, a free agent, so. So you so you had the ability to choose, correct? I mean, you have the ability to, at the end of the day, choose which contract you want to take. So you know, I can't just say I want to go to the Galaxy right now, and I want to, you know, they have to want you for one, and yeah. um, obviously the the financials have to be right for. Um, your family and uh, I had a couple offers, um, one here from Miami, but it just wasn't possible with a family of five and a dog. So, um, you know, thankfully uh, I have a good relationship with Bruce and um, obviously he knows what I can do, uh, what I can bring to a team and uh, can compete. And you know, at the end of the day, um, I have a, a few, years, few good years left uh, in my body um, and I want to be on a, a team um, that is going to compete at the end of the day for MLS Cup and, um, and hopefully get into Champions League and, and all that. And um, I think this is a very good opportunity to do that and then um, can, can kind of learn under Bruce Arena and his staff uh, on the coaching aspect of things. And uh, maybe that'll lead me into working under him or, or with – uh, the academies or, you know, the second team over there in, in New England. So uh, hopefully New England is a, a place we can call home for a while. You know, when you told me you were going to go to New England, I was very excited because the first thing that popped into my head, I was like, oh, hey, he gets to play with Bruce again. And just seeing the season they had this, past, you know, in 2020, making it to the cusp of MLS Cup, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I don't, it's not like I need to say it, but Bruce Arena is such a great coach. He knows how to take a team and build it to to get to that point, to get to MLS. And personally, I feel that New England is is right there. You know, in a perfect world, I would love for you to win an MLS Cup for the upcoming season. That would be fantastic. And, you know, you might want that too. I really don't know. But I know I really want that for you. But I know it's just, when I see that, I think, wow, like it's, you know, like you said, it is a team that's going to be able to compete, which is, you know, which is nice. And I'm sure it's, you know, even better as a player because you don't necessarily want to be, or I don't think you would want to be on a team that, you know, you're like, oh, well, that's really not going to take us anywhere. Or that team's really, you know, not built for that. So it is nice that you're you're going up there. Yeah, I remember watching the Revolution in the in the playoffs and just seeing how disciplined they were and um, how much they they looked like a, a team that just moved together and defended together and uh, attacked together. And um, I'm excited to to get up there and uh, just be a part of that group and. They have a lot of young rising players that are, are going to be uh, very good players and on an international level in Canada and in the U.S. And, um, you know, they they have obviously Bruce and his staff. So um, I couldn't ask for anything better at this point. I just want to once again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for doing this. It means the world to me. And um Hopefully we'll see you soon, guys. And congratulations with uh, 
Colette, I'm happy to see her finally home that you guys are able to, you know, be at home and hold her and not have to worry about, you know, her being in the hospital. So surprising she lasted this whole time without crying. (laughs) I thought for sure she'd wake up or something. This is a little little butt pat. (laughs) You got it down, man. You got a lot of practice. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, guys, thank you very much for your time. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) There we go. That's where I'm ending it. And that was my interview with AJ and Megan De La Garza. Once again, I want to give a huge, huge shout out and thank you to AJ and Megan for coming on the show and letting me ask them anything. Guys, I know I've said it before, but once again, I appreciate it immensely that you guys did that for me. AJ and Megan were my first official guests on the podcast. I have notes that I wrote down different questions that I wanted to ask them. For the most part, I touched on most of them. There was only a couple that I didn't ask. Um, I didn't talk about AJ winning his three MLS cups, uh, or even talking about his college career, you know, but again, I know I'm going to have him again on the podcast in later episodes. So those are things that I'll get into a little more. And again, I'm still new at this. You know, like I said before, guys, once I start doing these episodes more and I get the, I get a good rhythm down, hopefully it's, it's just going to get better. You heard it here. AJ's going to go to New England to play under Bruce Arena again, which I'm excited about in the interview. I think I told him that I was excited about that. And I really think that New England is poised to make another deep run in the playoffs, if not winning MLS Cup, which that's something that I would love for AJ to accomplish, not only to win his fourth MLS Cup, but to give the New England Revolution their first as a franchise. That would be just epic. I know there's other teams in MLS that are going to be poised to make a pretty good run in MLS. You know, you have to look at Columbus. They're just coming off their MLS Cup victory. Seattle, even though I do not like Seattle, I mean, the past, what, four or five years, they've they've been they've been on top, which... You know, though I'm not a fan of the club, they're, they're, I do have to say that they're a good organization. Getting back a little bit to the LA Galaxy, I grew up watching them in 96 when they started and then having a friend who played on the LA Galaxy was really cool for me because not only was I watching it through different eyes now, but I got to meet some of the other guys on the team as well, which I thought was really cool. And me personally, when AJ was traded away, the way he was traded away, it definitely didn't sit well with me. And I know MLS is a business. I know this is a business. I know players get traded back and forth. And, you know, this one goes over here and then, you know, they don't give him a contract and then he gets shipped out somewhere else or whatever happens. I understand that it's a business. Now, with that being said, I was looking at it through friend eyes and I didn't like what they did to him. 
So even now, it's hard for me to root for the galaxy. When they do bad, I kind of go, hmm, I wonder if they'd be doing as bad if AJ was still there. And I know, you know, you get into the what ifs and you can play that game all day and it doesn't help anybody. AJ going to New England will be good because, again, like I said, I feel that New England is going to be a contender next year or this year coming up. And, you know, I, that's that's the whole point. When, when these athletes go to teams, they want to go to compete and not just compete, but they want to be in the hunt for a championship. And there we go, guys. Episode two down. Thanks for coming back. Appreciate it. Remember, tell your friends to subscribe. Tell your mom to subscribe. Let her know it's going to be amazing. And once again, taking us out is more music from me. The Jesus Show, not that one.